tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 111. If you've ever struggled to pray, or maybe you just feel like you don't know how to do it right, I think today's conversation is going to help. Susie Eller helps us strip away all the shoulds and the have-tos that sometimes obscure the idea of prayer so that we can get down to the true, beautiful relationship and holy dialogue God wants to have with each one of us. Well, welcome to the living room, Susie. So glad you joined us here. Oh, I'm I'm really glad to be with you. Uh, I have so appreciated your heart, how just for years, how faithful you are to the Lord and how you have carried the call to write and minister to women in such a beautiful way. And I'm really excited about today's topic because you have a new book. Can you tell us about it? Sure. You know, this is different than pretty much anything I've ever done. Uh, For years, I've written uh, books on discipleship and Christian living. But after talking to women, I decided that I wanted to write a book that wasn't about prayer, but that a book that would help us connect with God through prayer, like right where we are. You know, whether that's at 3 a.m. in the morning when we're crying out to God, or that's when we don't have the words to say, but we have so much we want to say. Um, Whether Mm. that's in your quiet time, I, I just... Women were saying to me, Suze, whether I'm a new believer or whether I've been walking with Jesus for a long time, prayer feels really complex. Yeah. I wanted to remove that. I think that that really kind of nails it on the head, Mm -hmm. is that for whatever reason, and I was actually thinking before we went on, like, why do we make it so complex? Why does it seem so complex? What do you think that's all about? Well, I could go so many different ways. I'm going to go two different ways. And one is sometimes we're taught it's complex. Like you mm. have to do it a certain way. You know, make sure you get all your P's yeah. in. You know, or make sure that you say all the right words. And that can put a lot of pressure on you when you're having trouble clarifying for yourself what you feel, yeah. what you're going through, what you want to say to God. So so that can be one thing is we carry that into our relationship with God is that it has to be a certain way or it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's another level to this. And that is that John 10, 10 says we have an enemy mm-hmm. that longs to steal, to kill and destroy. And those are really intimidating words, still kill, destroy. And, but he's subtle. Yeah. He's subtle. He doesn't come in in big ways. And and so some ways that it comes in is that he tells us, you're not worthy. Why would you talk to God? Right. Or he said, you messed up yesterday with your child. You did what you said you'd never do. You yelled at them. So who are you to talk to God about that? He can also come in and say, you're too busy. You're too distracted. There's too many other things that... Are, are more valuable. But what I love is the other half of John 10, 10, because this is where we find, he says, but Jesus came. Jesus said, but I came to give you life yeah. that is abundant and full. And that word means rich and lavish. And so why wouldn't an enemy want to distract us from that? Exactly. 
And so being aware of that, being aware that the reason that we pray is not a ritual or a tradition, it's life that is abundant and lavish and full from the inside out because we have a God who loves us like crazy. Mm. And so I, I, two things, like I said, you know, one is what we carry in our own expectations or others. And then the fact that we truly do have an enemy that longs to distract Mm -hmm. us, to dismay us, to discourage us from the goodness that God has for us. Oh, I think you are exactly right. Exactly right. In fact, I was just thinking this morning in my devotions, how many things the enemy loves to hijack, Mm -hmm. you know, like when the Holy Spirit points out some sin in our life, the enemy hijacks that conviction and turns it into condemnation. Yes. Uh, you know, all the, all the different things that he loves to do, like e- whenever we're just even starting to turn our hearts to the Lord, mm-hmm. he tries to redirect it. And, you know, I think for me, that first thing of all the expectations that I came into uh, Christianity with uh, when it came to prayer. And it's so odd because I I knew I was invited to talk to the Lord and I was raised in a tradition that was very relational to the Lord, you know, um, was really talked about the heart to heart, but I put so many expectations. And even today, Susie, even today, I can say, oh, I really struggle with prayer, even though I carry an ongoing conversation with prayer because it's not the paradigm that I think of, like, you know, on my knees, interceding, on, you know, whatever it is that I've loaded that whole word. And I wonder if that's maybe part of the problem is maybe we are operating from a little bit of a skewed definition when it comes to prayer. Yeah. You know, when I think about prayer, prayer is a series of ongoing conversations with God. It's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's all it is. Yeah. What goes deeper in that is, and I think about this, I think about Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, which will always be one of my favorite scriptures. And it describes this tree because this book, Prayer Starters, is for when I wrote this particular one for when you're wanting to talk to God about hard times. And I think about Mm. that tree that's described in Jeremiah 17, and it is the harshest of conditions. Everything Mm. around this tree should destroy it. It should be a shriveled twig. But what I love about this verse is because that tree has its roots in the source, what happens is not only does that tree not die, which that's good, and that's fine in its sense, but it goes on to say, but it produces fruit. Yeah, And, And what blows my mind is that in the hard seasons when we're walking with God, if we have these series of just ongoing, honest, raw, messy conversations with God, He's our source. He's our source. Yeah. And they don't have to be eloquent. They don't have to be yeah. pretty. <laughs> you know, it's just saying, I know that you're my source. And as a result of that, not only are we carried through that season, and I've been in one now for three years. Mm-hmm. That you produce fruit in the midst of it. And what an amazing promise that is. Yeah. Oh, and it's so it's so counterintuitive to our American Christianity. Yeah. 
that that says that we should always be victorious, that if we're uh, living as God wants us, we should always have blessings. And yet the reality of the word and the reality of just even the history of great people of faith is it's the greatness and the richness has been found in the middle of trials. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking Psalms 23 is a perfect example. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will be with me. And how often we're, we're constantly trying to avoid the hard times, or we believe the lie of the enemy when we walk through the hard times that we're all alone, when he says, no, I'm right there. I'd love to have you talk about how praying during difficult times has helped you tap into just the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So I won't go into a ton of detail, but just to say that I've been in a season now, this is my third year, um, where every time that I I feel like I can take a deep breath, that things are going to be a little Mm -hmm. easier. Um, Something that I didn't ask for and something that's really, really hard comes on the scene. I just lost my brother a couple of months ago Mm. and, um, you know, went through cancer before that. And, and, and I, in those times, what I realized is sometimes that I just don't have the words, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I began to look at prayer and this is going to sound really simplified, but I I began to look at, at prayer through like four different, maybe even five different lenses and the first is, is that I wanted to take the pressure off. Like hmm. Matthew says, he knows what we need before we even ask. So yeah, that takes the pressure off for me. I can show up. I can say, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know why this hmm. season is so hard, but this is what I do know is that you're with me. <laughs> you're for me. Yeah. And even if I don't have those words, it's okay because he knows what I need before I even ask. So I, I, I want to take that pressure off. And the second thing I want to do is I, I want to be myself. I want to be authentic. You know, mm-hmm. we're two women here and you and I are not going to approach prayer in the same way. And that's okay right. because our God is a creative God. If we look at just the number of species that a butterfly, for example, there's 17,500 distinct species. Why I know that? I don't know, but I do. But our creator wasn't content with creating a butterfly. Yeah. Wow. If I look at humans and people and I see the diversity and the beauty and the differences in who we are, and, and God did that purposely, it's a reminder to me that I don't have to, I don't have to pray just like you. I don't have to pray just like her. She doesn't have to pray just like me. That maybe, and I'm a creative and, and there are creative elements that I bring into prayer sometimes, like, because my brain never stops. And I don't know if you're like that. My (laughs) brain is on go 24 seven. So if I have instrumental music in my ears with no lyrics, because that's distracting. And and I'm sitting and I'm talking to God and I'm drawing or I'm in my Bible mm-hmm. and I'm I'm taking a verse and I'm I'm just pouring over that and I'm doing something creative. God and I can hang out in such cool ways. I'm never gonna be the five AM girl. I'm just not. Yeah. But maybe God created you to be the five AM girl, mm-hmm. you know, and that's awesome too. So 
those are two things that the other three are just, just show up, <laughs> just show up, mm-hmm. you know? And, the, and, and the, the next thing is that to slow it down, this is like, it's not a to-do list. Mm. And the last thing is to tell him all the things and I can unpack those, but those are things that absolutely change your life forever. Yes. I love that. And I love that you've kind of created this book just to even get us just kind of started. Because I think a lot of people, it's like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And honestly, when you're walking through a hard time, yeah, that is true. That That's why a lot of times you, you can't pray. You Sometimes you struggle to get in the Word because you just don't you feel paralyzed by the the overwhelm of it all. And so can you kind of talk about how you structured the book? Sure. sure. So years ago, when I was kind of asking people, because I was a new believer, saying, man, I just want to talk to God. I believe that not only can I talk to Him, I believe He talks back. And hmm. I began to just really pray about that. And Prayer Starters is actually, it, it springs from Scripture, that source, that word. And I was in the Bible years ago, and I was reading, and I would pause like we do sometimes. A story jumped out, a word stepped out, a a scripture. And what I would usually do is I would just highlight it and keep going. And I felt the Lord asking me one day, stop. You know, if you have that pause, like the Holy Spirit, just stop. And I began to pause, and I realized that those very scriptures, that very story, could become a deep breath of prayer, not only where mm. I hear from God. And I just want to give you an example is I think about the story of the prodigal son. And I think about reading that story one day and it was a young mama. And man, the only thing I wanted to do was to be a good mom, but I was so far from perfect. And I was, I, I had a learning curve. And I remember one day just feeling such shame about, God, what am I going to get this? You know, what am I going to get? It matters so much to me. And I'm reading this story of the prodigal son. And this, this young man took everything that God had given him and he wasted Mm. it. And he's trudging home covered, not only in the stink of pigs, but he's Mm. covered in a cloak of shame. And the best that he's hoping for in that moment is that his father will let him work as a servant. And I think about as he's coming and his father sees him from a distance, he hitches up his tunic, which is something a man of authority and dignity would never do, but it has allowed him to run faster to his son and throw his arms around him. And in that moment, I remember pausing and thinking, there's something here for me, not just a good story, Something here for me. And I began to see the character of God that when I'm wearing that cloak of shame, this is, will I ever get it? (laughs) The character of God is that he runs toward me, that he covers that cloak of shame with welcome, with hope, with encouragement, with teaching, with second chances. And and so Mm. those became in my journal prayer starters. Like I would read that verse, I would read that story, and and I would turn around and say, okay, God, yesterday was a hard day as a mama, and today I'm wearing the shame, and and I don't think that you're born for me, and your character is that, Lord, you welcome me. You don't turn away. You run toward me. 
And those became these raw, honest, messy prayers. And I began to share those years ago with women in ministry and just say, here's one way using the power of the word that we can not only hear from God, but we can turn around and respond to God's character and who he is and what he's teaching us. And, and that's why I went to the publisher after this two to three years of walking in this hard places. I said, I, I'm not the only one who wants to talk to God, but not just talk to God, but to hear from God. Yes. To sit in the presence of God, to commune with God. And even when I don't have words, to be able to walk away and say, God and I connected today, and it's enough mm-hmm. for today. And, and so these prayer starters, all throughout the book, there's 90 prayer starters grounded in Scripture. They're raw, honest, messy prayers. But then it allows you to then continue that conversation with God right where you're at. Yes. Oh, that is so beautiful, Susie. You know, I think that was the thing that revolutionized prayer and and still revolutionizes it when I capture that and I don't go to my expectations. And that is, he wants to have a holy dialogue with us. And so often we read the word and it's like he talks to us and then we bring out our prayer list and we talk to God, but there isn't that beautiful dialogue because he wants relationship. And I mean, isn't that kind of what we want more than anything yeah. is, is just some place safe for our heart where we can just get real and honest. And, oh, I love that because I just sense that there are some women out there. I don't want us to rush past this. Sure. There are some women wearing a really heavy cloak of shame. Yeah. And I just felt that as you were telling that story you know, that we would be able to see the Father running to us. Can you talk to us a little bit? Because I think that shame is probably one of the big reasons why we settle for the slave girl, you know, relationship. I'll work hard for Jesus, but we don't understand how much He longs to know us. Yeah, I I think that's been the most powerful transformation in my prayer life is understanding the character of God versus the voice in my head. Um, yeah. And there are times that I have to speak to that voice in my head because it's it's much quieter now. It's much more subtle because I, I know the source. Sometimes it's that right. enemy, but sometimes it's that enemy used in my past. It's using all kinds of things. But I, I would say that when we transition from the voice in our head of condemnation to the character of God. And and we say, what is the character of God in this situation? Yeah. Is it conviction? Is it is it is he leading me to his best and out of things that keep me trapped? Right. Awesome. Because he's a healer. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's the character of God is that he's a healer. Is it that God is asking me to stretch beyond? my comfort zone, to see myself the way he does. Right. Awesome. Because he is omniscient, omnipresent. He sees what I cannot. And so I I purposely, there's times that I pause just in my own life. And, and as I'm talking to God and I think, oh, I can't possibly talk to God about that because, man, I'm such a work in progress. And I realize, no, that's not the character of God. So if it's not 
character of God, where is it coming from? And if it's not the character of God, then you don't get you don't get a say in this. You just don't get back. That's good. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, there's times I remember driving home one day. And I was actually driving home. And this is a really personal story. I don't know why I'm sharing it, but I hadn't planned to. But I want, I think it's important that I do. Um, I didn't know my bio father growing up. And so the, I met mm-hmm. him once when I was 13, once when I was 18. And I went to his funeral when I was 40. And he had had a lot of different kids. He'd, he'd, and he was never a dad, really, honestly, to any of them. A couple, he, he was in their life some but they they played this song. I did it my way at his funeral. I got mm. mad. Like I got mad. First of all, I, I wasn't even sure why I was there. I think it was kind of out of respect. Or, but I'm driving home, and I have you know five hours drive home, and I'm mad. I'm furious, <laughs> and I'm just God and I are talking, oh. and I'm like, you know, and I want you to know that I'm mad is a prayer if you're talking to God. <laughs> It qualifies as a prayer because it's honest. Yeah. And I was like, I'm mad. I've been a mom to my kids and I'm a good human. Mm. And he discarded not just one of us, but he discarded all of us. And I did it my way. Seriously, you know, and I felt the Lord come back to me and say, is this me, Susie? Is, is this me mm-hmm. right now? Is that voice in your head? Is this me? Is this anger that you're feeling? And anger is okay. Anger made sense in that moment. But anger that turns to bitterness right. and bitterness and roots in your heart. Is this me? Mm. Is this my character? Is this my best for you? Mm. And I said, Lord, first of all, thank you for being a shelter where I can honestly say, I'm mad. Yeah, I'm angry. But Lord, also right. thank you that you have you have more for me. And not just me, you have four for my kids and my grandkids. And and, yeah. I, and and at that time, we didn't have grandkids, but I was looking down the road. And I remember rolling down the window and putting my hand out the window and saying, Father, I release this anger. I release this. Wow. I release the need to fix what I cannot fix because this is beyond fixing. Mm-hmm. The man is dead. And, but Lord, what I do want is I want your character in this moment. And, yeah. and it, it just, it changes us. It changes the course of the conversation in our hearts and our thoughts. But what I really love most is that when we don't express those things to God, they make a room on the inside of us. It's their room. Yeah, It lives there. Resentment lives there. Anger, forgiveness we view ourselves is how we view other people. It taints us. And so when I feel free to say to God, I'm mad (laughs) at this. Yeah. And God says, let me show you who I am. Let me show you my best for you. Hmm. What happens is it no longer has that room on the inside of us. He gets to take up residence in that wound. That's who abides in that room now. He does. Mm, that's so powerful. You know, and I think how often we miss the gift of correction, you know, the sweet correction of the Lord, because either we feel like it's rejection or, you know, we, we don't know what to do with yeah. it, you know, and we can't imagine forgiving. That's just too much. How could you ask me to forgive? But I love how you just, 
you brought it to the Lord and got honest. And I do think that's such a beautiful element of prayer. I mean, when you read the Psalms, David, <laughs> David is so in touch with his feminine side. <laughs> He's like, he's all over the place. He's furious. He's like, and may my enemies, uh, his family be orphans, and his wife a widow, you know, and it's like, he doesn't hold back any punches. And yet as he gets honest with God, it gives God room to help him come around to that heart yeah. that he needs. And I keep thinking how, what a beautiful picture of, you know, your dad did it his way yeah. and God's saying, but I got a better way if you'll do it my way. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that it's important for us to understand that God created us to feel. Yeah. He did. And those feelings are indicators of where we sometimes need God the most. They're not wrong. Mm. They're just, they're right. They're, they're indicators that say, I've been wounded in this area, God. And yeah. that wound can turn into something that not only consumes who I am, but it splashes on those I love. It splashes yes. out in my ministry. It splashes out in my words. Mm. And so, Lord, if I'm going to splash anywhere, it's going to be in this safe refuge between you and I. Yes. you take those and you hear me. It says he bends down to listen. That's a posture of attunement. He attunes to how you're feeling. Mm. He grieves with you. He mourns with you. Yeah. You know, when the, the disciple said to him, I am so afraid and uncertain because you're leaving. Mm-hmm. He stepped into it with them and basically said, my peace, I give you. you know, yeah. Because he knew their peace yeah. wasn't enough in that moment. Right. You know, so. Yeah. If I could encourage anyone, like if you're listening right now and you have pushed down those feelings because you somehow think that God is not big enough to withstand them. Mm. I want you to understand, first of all, he loves you. Yes. That he created you to feel mm. and that those feelings right now are indicators, not just of where you need God most, but where God wants to abide mm. most. So inviting him in and having those conversations, it's a sacred and holy part of healing. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. We've been talking in Sunday school about, about he wants to do the great exchange. You know, we yeah. bring our sorrow. He brings yes. the hope, you know, all of the things that, and yet so often we, we don't feel quite, you know, worthy to come to him in prayer because we're angry. Well, when I, when I get a hold on this or when I actually get around to forgiveness, I'll come to God, you know, and it's like, no, bring yeah. all the mess, you know, just bring the mess to Jesus and let him, him bring the healing. Cause I think that's the most powerful thing for me in prayer, you know, especially when I kind of had this idea that even though I was saved by grace, the rest was up to me, that I needed to get it together. And the Lord in His mercy never let me get it together. <laughs> you know, even my best attempts failed. But that failure pushed me to the Lord. And had I just brought my struggle to Him initially, and I think that that's a thing of just like, I love that you're saying, bring your honest emotion, bring your honest mm -hmm 
struggle. I was just thinking of James 1 where he says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. And I love this part, who gives generously to all without finding fault. He's not like, well, Joanna, I gave you wisdom yesterday and you didn't use it. So yeah, no no wisdom for you (laughs) instead. That word generous is also the word lavish, which ties back to the other half of John 10.10. And, and they're the same gift. It's the same promise. Wow. Wow. And so let's not miss out on the lavish love and provision of God right. that is clearly found in prayer. And, and you know, it, it, we have those competing verses in some, in some sense uh, in Scripture where it says, He knows what you need before you even ask. Right. And yet it says, you have not because you ask not. And I think it's both are true. You know, there's this holy tension in Scripture because He wants us to ask. Yes, He knows what we need, but we need to ask. I love what one author said, prayer does not so much pull God's will to me, but it pulls my will to God. You know, it's it's I come into alignment with Him as I just come in prayer. And oh my goodness, this is so powerful. I I really hope that listeners will get this book because I think sometimes even those of us who have known the Lord for for a while, our prayer life can get kind of dry, kind of rote. We do the same, same over and over. It becomes kind of a ritual rather than that living relationship. So I love how that could just kind of, we might not be going through rough times, but it could infuse something fresh and new into our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to say, I think that those two verses that you just shared, I actually think they go hand in hand. Because what I love is that if I just show up, like if I just show up, even if I don't have words, and he knows what I need before I even ask, then I am asking. Win-win. Win-win. He knows. He knows. So I'm saying to him by just showing up, you know what I need before I even ask. And God, I'm having trouble clarifying it for myself. Like I'm such... Yeah, of emotions and feelings, but this is what I do know. You're where I go. Who else do I know? You know, and and he's looking on our heart and saying, "Okay, Suze, I know what you need." So you are asking. Mm. You are asking because you're showing up the yes. presence of God, and so it, it just and and maybe that leads you to know. The other day. I'm a storyteller. I can't help it. Uh, I was sitting and and I was actually going through prayer starters with the book with a group of women on Facebook. And it's not a study book. We're just praying together every day, going through this. Yeah. And one day I sat down and I began to go through one of the prayer starters. I don't even remember which one it was. But it led me to talk about something that I didn't even know I needed to talk about. And I began to grieve the loss of my brother. Mm. I had been in go mode, you know. It was months and months of him being sick and months and months of crossing state lines and weeks in hospice and and being with him in his last moments, which was both Mm. holy and beautiful and excruciating. And and it led me, and I began to just cry out to God and say, Lord, here we go again. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad about this. I'm mad. And, and but I was able to, and, and that page is just scribbled because I began to just write it out. 
But this is what I do know too, Lord. And I think it's what David did is that he got out. I'm mad. I don't. Yes. But Lord, this is the miracles that I did see take place. This is the Mm. presence that I did feel. This is your hope that I have held on to. And, And it was, and I told the women that day as I went back in, I said, okay, God had something for us that day because he knew what I needed before I even asked. Oh, yes. I hadn't had time to mourn. I hadn't had time to say those things that had made a room on the inside of me. And Mm -hmm. God in his mercy and his love, lavish love said, you can't keep going with all of this in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I need to talk to this. And and I just think, God, you're so merciful. (laughs) You're so personal. So, so personal. You know, I just think of that girl who says, I I know I need to, but I don't know. I don't even know how to show up, Susie. You know, it feels so big. It feels like I have to like have at least 30 or 40 minutes of uninterrupted time. I don't even know how to start. What would you say to yeah. her? You know, what I ask the women in the group to do is to simply every day find a way that fit their personality. Maybe that's out in nature. Maybe that's sitting on your back porch. Maybe that's in the quiet at 5 a.m., which like 5 a.m. and I are not friends. So, but there are, (laughs) maybe that's with paints in your hand, whatever it is, but just say, Mm. I put a lot of things on my calendar and I make them sacred, but I'm going to put time Mm. with me and God on a daily basis. And I'm going to call it holy and sacred. And I'm not going to put a time limit on it. I'm not, I'm not going to bring in any expectations. I'm just going to show up and there's power just showing up. And and some some days you have an encounter with God, like I did the other day. Sometimes you walk away and you're able to say the things that you long to say and you hear from God, which is amazing. And some days it's just a simple conversation And there's no big fireworks. All of it transforms you. All of it links you to that source where we started. And not only does that carry you day to day to day to day, it grows you, it preserves you, it keeps you, and you're fruitful. I love that. Whatever that looks like, you're fruitful. Hmm. So beautiful. Because what we're really just doing is connecting to the vine. Absolutely. <laughs> that's all, that's what prayer is. It's connecting to the vine and then it's his life that makes the fruit. And it's such a, you know, I think, I think we started the conversation by saying we've made it way too complicated. Yeah. And I think just that act of even, you know, for me, I, I had to start small. Because I put so many expectations. And so just even finding five minutes where you just yeah. sit down, yeah. you turn off the phone, um, you maybe open a journal and just start pouring your heart out to God. For me, that really, and, and I know people might say, well, you're a writer, Joanna. I'm the most reluctant writer in the world. <laughs> but there's been something powerful in putting those, putting my heart on the page. Because sometimes I don't even know what I'm feeling. Yeah. And so a lot of my praying happens in my journal yeah. is just, and that's also where a lot of my hearing happens. So I know the Lord's going to give you each 
the he wants so much to have communion and communication with you. And so he's going to show you. You just say, Lord, show me how to connect with yeah. you in a way that is meaningful, both to me and both to you, you know? Because I think we forget that too. Yeah. Like it means something to him. Yeah. Well, and think about this. Think about those disciples who said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. Listen, they had been taught how to pray since they were out of the womb. Right. Part of their culture. Prayer was a part of their tradition and religion. And they knew the format and the function Hmm. of prayer. But Jesus, as he began to say to them, our Father which art in heaven, he wasn't giving them a prayer that they had to pray for the rest of their life. He was giving them a point of entry, a point of connection. Yes. Our Father which art in heaven. Our Father. And our Father. Our yes. Father. And, and it was a point of connection. And so sometimes when we're struggling like that, and this is what I hope prayer starters will be, is a point of connection. Just a point of yeah. connection. Our Father, here I am today. <laughs> you know, and if you if you look <laughs> at these prayers, Joanna, they're not they're not formal. They're not poetic. They are truly raw and messy and they spring out of scripture. Yeah. And many of them I have prayed over and over in my own life, you know. So it's just a point of connection, you and God. And if you have a tool that helps you, whatever that looks like, beautiful too. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you guys will all go to the show notes and get a, a hold of Susie's wonderful book and all of all of your wonderful books because they're just so rich. But as we close, would you just pray over us? Because I I think there is a hunger in our hearts for connection. Yeah. And yet the enemy really does want, he does want to kind of build a wedge there. And so... Yeah. Um, just asking that even our conversation will kind of strip away some of the junk that stands in the way. Sure. Father, I, I love when you show us your character and you say that our names are written on the palm of your hands. Mm. And Lord, as, as this one is listening today, may she understand that her name fully is on the palm of your hand. You know her and you love her and you delight in talking with her. Lord, I just pray that if there's any lie that has kept her from the connection that transforms, that that brings her to that source, um, I pray, Lord Jesus, that she would step from that lie to the truth that you long to lavishly give her an abundant life, which cannot take place without you, God. (laughs) So Lord, I just pray that that lie would ah, lose its power and that truth would help her, God, to see you uh, waiting with open arms to welcome her, to walk with her, and Lord Jesus, to talk with her. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I hope you were inspired by this conversation like I was. I I really do think that I put way too much weight on the idea of prayer than actually just doing this beautiful invitation to dialogue with our Father. You can find links to the Prayer Starter and Susie's resources in the show notes below this podcast. I hope you'll pick up the book because I'm telling you what, I think it could really jumpstart your prayer life 
or refresh the one that you already enjoy with the Lord. And if you haven't subscribed to the Living Room Podcast, did you know that you can do it on your favorite podcast player? It's completely free, and it automatically populates the new episodes every time one airs. And while you're there, would you consider leaving a rating and review? Your feedback helps push this podcast into the feed of more listeners, and it really does mean a lot to me. Well, let's continue to cultivate our prayer life, even if it's just small as we begin. Let's start. Because as we center our hearts in prayer, God is allowed to take up center stage in our heart, pushing out bitterness and making room for Him. And as that happens, you guys, well, we're not going to be able to stop being more like Jesus because He's going to show us how to live and love and lead like Him. See you next time.